This is Brewers on Tap. on tap the official podcast of the milwaukee brewers i'm lane Grindle. this is episode number 49 you can get involved each and every week with comments or questions by sending them to us via twitter with the hashtag brewers on tap on this edition of the show it's our monthly chat with the general manager of the brewers david stearns plus we'll catch up with relief pitcher will smith after his 2016 debut this week is the amateur draft too we'll have a lot more on that next week as we recap what the brewers did over the course of those few days well let's take a look at what happened over the past week another quality week for the crew last wednesday a three to one win over the cardinals it featured a tremendous outing from zach davies and this smash from martin maldonado maldonado sends it to left center deep get up Get out of here! Gone for Maldonado! And the Brewers have one more on Maldonado's first home run of the year. It salvaged a win out of the series against the Cardinals at home and wrapped up the homestand. Then a road trip to Philly, a quick one at that. Game one featured another long ball from Chris Carter. Top of the fourth inning here in Philadelphia. And Carter connects on this one. Hits it to deep left center field. Back and gone. Chris Carter to left center. Goes yard for the 14th time this season. And it's 2 to nothing Brewers. Jonathan Villar also hit a home run. And Jeremy Jeffress picked up his 14th save. 4-1 to win for the crew. The next night was a tough 6-3 to loss in spite of another home run from Villar. Then Friday night, Will Smith picked up his first win while Jeffress collected save number 15 in a 6-3 victory. The game started this way. Another payoff pitch to Jonathan Villar. Swing and a high fly to right field. Back is Goodell. It's gone. Three straight days with homers for Jonathan Villar. And just like that, the Brewers lead 1-0. Sunday getaway day was a tough one for the crew as Aaron Nola was just too good on the mound and Willie Peralta had his struggles, 8-1 final in favor of the Phillies. After an off day on Monday, Tuesday saw the A's come to town and Chris Carter and Zach Davies are really all you need to know. Carter with two home runs and five RBI. He now has 16 home runs and 39 driven in on the season. Davies threw six and two-thirds innings and no-hit baseball and despite a late rally by the A's in the ninth, the Brewers hold on for a 5-4 win. The crew is now 27-31 and on the season, and they get set for the final game with the A's before a four-gamer with the Mets at Miller Park. All right, time to talk with that big left-hander out of the bullpen. Let's catch up with the crew. Had a chance to catch up with Will Smith during the Phillies series after he made his 2016 debut and asked him how he felt. Yeah, it felt really good. Um, you know, it made... Uh... It made all the hard work uh, worth it. Um, I know the trainers were happy to see me out there too. Um, they put a lot of hard work into this in this process coming back. So it was a it was a feel good moment last night for sure. And four outs for you, so you got up and down. Was that another kind of hurdle to clear? Um, I, we had been doing that in some of my rehab assignments. Um, you know, I'd go out and then sit down and go back out again. 
So I had done that before, just not at the uh, not at the big league level yet. But everything felt fine. My knee felt you know good going back out there again after sitting down. We kind of had a little little bit of a longer inning. Um, but yeah, everything felt everything felt good and going back out. How much do you appreciate being back out there now, having to kind of sit on the sideline, trying to be involved with the team as much as you could? But I'm sure it gives you a different perspective when you sit out for that long. Yeah, it's nice to uh, it's nice to finally be a part of the team. You know, it's not that I wasn't a part of the team; I just I wasn't playing. Um, so you know, there were times you know the guys would go play catch or stretch, and I'd have to go to the training room and do some sort of rehab or something like that. So it feels good to be able to get back in the swing of things and do everything that they do and just be with them. You know, the whole day now. It's it's a it's a good sign. It's fun. This seemed like at the onset of this rehab for you, maybe a 50-50 proposition, whether or not you were going to have to get shut down for the year and do surgery, or if you could rehab it and get yourself back. Did you ever doubt that you were going to be able to take this path? Uh, no, I never. I never doubted myself. Um, you know, when they said I had a chance of playing, that's the only thing that was in my head is just rehab, do everything the right way, and get back and. And be able to play because you know sitting out a year would have been awful. That would have been terrible. I would have gone crazy. Um, so this is the right path we did. You know we we worked hard. You know we did everything the right way, and it was it's nice to to be at, back and be able to play this year. How much have you enjoyed watching Jeremy Jeffress do what he's done at the back of the bullpen? He's one of your best friends, if not your best friend. Kind of your your kind of partners back there. Yeah, he's uh, that's my guy for sure. We have a special relationship. Um, you know we've seen each other struggle. We've seen each other do well. Um, so that was that was nice because you know obviously me and him were supposed to co-close or whatever you know they were going to do, but you know then I got hurt. Be able to sit there and watch him have success and win ball games for the team and shut the door in the back end. It's a lot of fun watching him have a lot of success. What was the biggest thing for you? Was it just mentally knowing I'm going to be okay, or, or were there physical things you needed to get done? Yeah, there was physical things. Um, you know, obviously. We had to get my knee right. We had to get the swelling out of there. We had to get the tiny ligaments around it strong again. We had to let it heal. Um, you know, like I said, the trainers, they did a good job of protecting it. Um, so a lot of the braces I had to sleep in at night were uncomfortable, but, you know, it was worth it in the end to be able to play. So, uh, you know, the hats off to the trainers. They they did all they could do to get me back, and, and we got back together. All right, this team playing very good baseball right now. The starting pitching has really taken a step forward. This is a good time to be back with this club right now, too. Absolutely. Um, you know, I've, I've said it a million times. You know, guys have always labeled us as rebuilding or retooling, but I know there's, you know, me and 24 other guys in that clubhouse that believe that we're a good baseball team. Every day we show up, we believe we have a chance to win. So, you know, you know, minus all the rebuilding and all those all those things, we still believe we have a good baseball team and that we can win. And we're playing good baseball right now, too. So uh, that's always fun. Will, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for giving us some time. Yeah, no problem. Checking in on the farm. We begin this week in AAA Colorado Springs. They're sitting at 26 and 28. They've been playing pretty good baseball lately. Michael Reed had an 11 game on base streak end on Tuesday night, and Damian Magnifico has pitched really well out of the pen. He has an ERA of 1.78. Double A Biloxi Josh Hader continues to dominate six innings of one run baseball on four hits with two walks and eight strikeouts earlier this week. His ERA is 0.95 and he's allowed just six earned runs in 11 starts so far this season. His battery mate, Jacob Nottingham, continues to hit. He's hit safely in six straight games. He's 9 for 23 in that span, and he's hit safely in 14 of 16 games. Three home runs in the last six games for Nottingham, and here's one of them. 
Been a chase here in the first half as a swing and it drives. It deep turns left field, turns the auxiliary scoreboard, and over it. Kiss it goodbye. Home run for Jacob Nottingham has pulled the Shuckers within one here in the bottom of the seventh inning. The Shuckers are 32 and 25. Class A advanced Brevard County's 20 and 36 after being rained out on Monday and an off day on Tuesday. They'll be glad to get back on the field. Center fielder Johnny Davis named to the Florida State League All-Star game along with catcher Dustin Huell. Now, Brandon Woodruff was also named to the All-Star team in the Florida State League but he is in double-A Biloxi, so he will not be participating. In Class A Wisconsin, it was good to see Monte Harrison flash that power. The three-ball, two-strike pitch with two outs in the top of the ninth inning. Swung on and drive into left field and deep. Hey, Monte has just tied this ball game! All right! Also of note, pitchers Freddie Peralta, Marcos Diplon, and David Burkhalter, all named to the Midwest League All-Star Game, as were catchers Mitch Gelfi and Max McDowell. And infielders Isan Diaz and Jake Gatewood, along with outfielder David Denson, all named to the roster. The Timber Rattlers are 27-31. and 31. Our thanks to the voice of the Shuckers, Chris Harris, and the voice of the Timber Rattlers, Chris Merring, for those delightful calls over the course of this past week. <laughs> Let's break it down. Welcome to another edition of Brewers on Tap TV and our David Stern Show, our monthly look at behind the scenes with the Milwaukee Brewers and the general manager of the Brewers is with us, David Stearns. David, great to have you with us again. This is a busy time for you, I know. It is a busy time. Happy to, uh, happy to do this and excited for the week ahead. Well, obviously, what is on a lot of people's minds right now is the amateur draft coming yep. up later this week. Um, we'll get into some of the things with the current team right now, but let's start with that because there's so much that goes into preparing for the draft. This isn't seven rounds. This is a long, comprehensive yeah. process, and there's a lot of people that go uh, behind the scenes and help you guys pull this off. But that's exactly right. We have a, an amateur scouting department, which is led by Ray Montgomery, um, who does a wonderful job, and uh, they've been preparing for this three-day stretch that will begin on Thursday um, for the last year. Uh, and this is their Super Bowl, um, and, uh, and they work very hard to identify which are, are the right players for us to select, how we're going to get our board in, in the right order, uh, and, and that's what we're working on right now. We've had this entire group in for the last week or so. We've got another few days to go, and, and by the time that uh, we get to Thursday evening, we'll be, we'll be ready to make a good selection. As the draft unfolds, it's a long process, it's multiple days, how does the number of people in the room narrowed down a little bit. I mean, are there more people involved in the first couple of rounds, and then does it get more into the area scouts from that point forward? Is that kind of how it works? That's a, a great question and a great point. And, and really, at, at the top of the board, the top of the draft, those first couple picks, we've had a number of different looks at all of those players. So uh, certainly Ray has seen all of those players. A number of our scouts have seen all of those players. Uh, I may have seen some of those players myself. And we have a lot of other information. Generally, there, there's a great deal of statistical information about those players. Uh, maybe we have some information coming from other data sources as well. And so the, the discussion and debate that goes into those types of selections is, is quite large. Um, and, and we do our best to, to meld all of that different information and into a, a comprehensive decision-making process. As you go farther down the board, often the amount of information that you have access to is less. Uh, for, for a high school player, um, it may just be your area scouts report. 
uh, and perhaps some biographical information. For a, a college player, it may just be one report plus some statistical information. And so certainly the, the volume of information at the top of the draft is greater, um, and, and, the, and the volume is a little bit less as we get farther down the board. But we see every year quality major league players coming from up and down the draft. Mm -hmm. And we try not to forget that. So pick one through 40, we take very seriously. We know there are major leaguers out there, and it's our job to find them. Number five pick, a lot of things can happen in front of you. How many different scenarios do you kind of have played out? If this happens, yep. then this is what we do. We, we will make sure that, um, that we are prepared for everything. Um, we, we will have every single player ranked, um, and we will know how we value each of those players. So as the board unfolds in front of us and as those picks uh, are made on, on Thursday evening, um, we'll know where we stand and we'll have a strategy mapped out. So uh, it, it's, it's always a little bit more predictable the higher you are. Um, when you're down in the middle or towards the end of the first round, it can be very challenging to, to know which players might be available. Uh, at, at the top of the draft like we are this year, we can, we can really game plan certain strategies, and that's, that's much of what we're going to be doing over the next couple of days. Obviously in baseball, when you talk about the draft, you're not talking about somebody in most cases that you're going to plug in in 12 months or even 18 months you're projecting two three four maybe even five years down the road yep. and so from that standpoint do you look at needs as much within the organization or you try to just take the best talent that's available we're, we're focused on taking the best talent that's available need-based scouting can can often be very dangerous um, your needs at the major league level change regularly uh, and and rapidly um, and that can be based on players over or underperformance. It can be based on some injuries. It can be based on trades and, and acquisitions that you don't foresee at the time of any particular draft. So what we're really focused on is taking the best player available throughout the draft board. Um, it, it's a strategy that's been proven successful throughout the league. This is probably the, the strategy that most teams mm -hmm. uh, are employing these days. Um, and it's the one that I believe is correct. You talked about Ray Montgomery and his staff and, and the, the role that they will obviously have. How about guys like Dick Roach who've been through this process many times and have been in on some, some big names over the course of their career? Do, yep. you, do you lean on those guys too? So Dick, Dick um, specifically is working primarily on our, on our pro scouting side yeah. right now. So he sees a number of, uh, of our minor league affiliates, um, some major league teams, some major league minor league affiliates of other organizations. Um, certainly he has a wealth of experience on which we can draw. Yeah. Um, Doug Melvin has been out seeing mm -hmm. a number of the players that, that we're considering um, with our first couple of selections, and that's been very helpful. Doug was an extremely successful scouting director um, before he became a general manager. So having that type of experience assisting Ray through this process um, certainly is very beneficial. Let's talk about the, the club and the success that they're having right now, a winning May, which was, uh, I think, uh, really positive for everybody involved. Absolutely. And let's start with Jonathan Villar. He just, we talked about him the last time we were together. He continues to play great baseball. He creates havoc on the base paths. You can tell he gets in pitchers' heads a little bit when he's out there. He's putting together an all-star caliber season right now. He really is. He's been outstanding on both sides of the ball. Um, he, he has the tool set, and, and really, he's always had the tool set to be an impact player and because he broke into the major leagues at such a young age he was playing in the big leagues at 22 he had been a known prospect really since the age of 19 uh, I, I think we forget about um, how young he really is he's still just 25 years old still very early on in his major league career um, and he's getting to the point where he, he's understanding the pace of the game uh, very very well and, and it's translating into results now um, what he's done really over the last six weeks 
I think can match up to any middle infielder in baseball from a, a production standpoint. And um, happy for him, happy for the team. It's, it's a great piece to have going forward. You know, you, you look at the process that you're going through right now, building this team really from the ground up. And a lot of times it starts with a lot of prospects that are 18, 19, 20 years old, and, and, and you're building years out. But you've also shown that it doesn't just have to be that. You can go get a Jonathan VR, and you can find a guy that's on the cusp, kind of ready yeah. to go, and, and he can have an impact immediately too. That's right. The, the talent comes from all areas. Yeah. And so uh, we focus a lot on, on the youngest of talents, the international signings, the, the drafts, and that's extremely important to acquire as much of that young talent as possible. But there are players who have already begun their pro careers, some who, who have already had major league careers, um, who we view as potential long-term pieces. And certainly Jonathan is, is one of them. Uh, and it's our job to continue to identify who those players are, um, pursue them, and, and when we can, acquire them. The rest of this group, I think one of the things we would be remiss if we didn't talk about is the bullpen and the job that they've done. And you guys have been very active on the waiver wire trying to add pieces here and there to kind of fill that bullpen completely out. Jan Mariñez has been added since the last time we talked. Um, Neil Ramirez has been added. Yep. Right now, Jacob Barnes is up from AAA. But you've dealt with injuries and been able to handle it pretty well. That's also, you know, you've had some depth in the organization, but you've done a good job finding, finding guys on that waiver wire as well. How, how pleased have you been with the way this bullpen has come together? It's been outstanding. If you look at what happened at the end of spring training with losing a, uh, a Will Smith and losing a Corey Knebel, um in the last two weeks of, of spring training and Corey right before opening day, uh, to, to see that and, and take away two huge parts of, of the bullpen and then see other guys like Blaine Boyer and Carlos Torres and Michael Blazek really step up um, to fill that role. It, it's been rewarding. Um, I think it shows that when you, when you give guys opportunities, uh, sometimes they can step up and, and fill those roles. And uh, that's been really since the first two weeks the most consistent part of our team. Uh, when, when we've been winning games, they've, they've kept the lead. And uh, when we've been down, they've generally held it right there so that we can, um, so that we can come back. And obviously there have been some uh, some aberrations to that, but by and large, very pleased with, with how the bullpen has responded. I do think we've been able to increase the depth of the pen overall through some in-season transactions, and that'll help as these guys get healthy. Um, we'll be able to maintain that depth throughout the organization. Will Smith is back, as we just mentioned his name. You're going to get Corey Knable back soon, too. Yep. It's a good problem to have. You're going to have tough decisions coming up with some guys that have performed well that you might not have room for at the major league level. That, that's that's never fun, but it's also you'd rather have that problem than the alternative. That, that's right, and and um, it's good when you have too many major league caliber players who are performing and healthy. And and uh, when Corey comes back, we may be at that point, and we'll have to make a tough decision. And someone um, who frankly probably doesn't deserve to go to AAA is going to have to go to AAA, and um, we'll cross that bridge when when we get to it. And certainly a a, a nice choice to have. You have a young man right now that's up. Uh, that's had a, a great year, an interesting year. He's, had, he's dealt with a lot of things in Jacob Barnes, but he really performed at AAA. And his first two times he's been called yeah. upon here at the major league level, he's been really an, an exciting young arm. Um, you know, time will tell if he stays up for the entire year, but you have to be really pleased with his development so far. I am, and, and Jacob has, has uh, been one of those guys who's progressed each year through the minor yeah. leagues at, at the pace you would want. Um, he's performed. He's continued to get better, refine his secondary stuff. He has a big arm uh, that's gotten him uh, notoriety throughout his minor league career. And he's done an outstanding job since he's come up. And 
displayed a, a lot of maturity throughout the entirety of the year, um, going through some difficult off the field uh, issues, and, and uh, really happy for him. Um, anytime a, a guy gets to the major league for the first time, you're really happy for him. I think Jacob, it's, it's even more so. You have a Triple A AAA team playing very good baseball right now. The Colorado Springs Sky Sox playing the best baseball maybe they've played all season long. Uh, Orlando Arcia continues to hit very well. Garen Cicchini's doing some nice yeah. things for them, too. I, I'm sure you're very pleased with the, it looks like they've kind of turned a corner a little bit as a team. I think so. And, and as an organization, we try to balance winning and, and development. Yeah. And, and our, our line is always if we are developing good players properly, we're going to win a lot of games at the minor mm -hmm. league level. And I think that's what we're seeing at, at the AAA um, Colorado Springs level right now. And it's great to see or Orlando's doing what um, he should be doing. Um, he continue to have, continues to have growth left in his game. Mm -hmm. um, we continue to want to see um, a little bit more of a refined approach at the plate and, and more consistency at bat to at bat. But he's making those steps. He's working hard, and, and we have confidence he'll get there. And, and Garen has really um, taken a step forward um, after that first month in Colorado Springs. He's a guy who we know has, has the ability to hit. Um, he's done it uh, at portions throughout his minor league career. Uh, is, is a former very big prospect throughout the industry, and so happy to have him and look forward to seeing what, uh, what he does over the next couple months. You've had Michael Reed in center field a little bit. Uh, obviously, he's a corner outfielder as well, and it seems like he's come back off the disabled list in pretty good shape. He did. Michael, uh, Michael started off the year um, exceptionally well in AAA, uh, got hurt, uh, went on the DL, came off, scuffled a little bit, and is now getting back into the swing of things. And to have the positional versatility that he does, he can play all three outfield positions well he can um, take a good at bat consistently he, he that's really been his calling card throughout his minor league career is the quality of his approach and very happy to have him uh, back on the upswing and and uh, he's really helped to stabilize that lineup in Colorado Springs. Back to VR for one second he's a guy that can play multiple positions will that benefit him and the club when Arcia becomes ready down the road? It, it's certainly a possibility we'll probably tackle that yeah. um, when when we have to make that decision. Right now he's playing a, a very quality shortstop. Yeah. Um, I've seen him play other positions. I've seen him play second. I've seen him play third. I've seen him play center field. We know he can do that. Um, and certainly at some point I, I imagine that will benefit the club. But for now we're, uh, we're very happy to be seeing what we're seeing out of him at the shortstop position. Yeah, an all-star caliber shortstop. That's, that's not, exactly that's, right. That's not so bad. Um, Junior Guerra has been a great find for you as well. The first acquisition you made when you became the general manager, and that splitter has been really yep. effective for him as an outpitch. He's getting a lot of swings and misses with it. He is, and he, he's a guy uh, that we identified really early on in the offseason when he became available on waivers. He has a, a big arm, a power arm that uh, can maintain velocity through the fifth, sixth inning at 95 miles an hour and then the splitter has really come on um, and it's a pitch that opposing hitters don't pick up well it generates a lot of swing and miss it's a good two-strike pitch um, we have catchers who, who are good at calling it and good at blocking it which isn't always the easiest thing in the world to do and uh, and, and that helps so very pleased with what he's been able to contribute to this club. He, he's given us a chance to win every time he's gone out there, and, and that's what we're looking for. One final question on the big league club, and another tough decision you're going to have is Matt Garza is going to be ready to come off yep. the DL in the coming weeks, and, and that may affect the rotation a little bit. How, how will you guys sit back, take yeah. that all in, and, and, and formulate your decision when the time comes? number of different variables will factor into that. First and foremost is, is Matt's health. Um, he's had two rehab starts so far both have gone well uh, we'd want at least one more and then reassess to see where he is um, but so far all, all indications are positive with Matt 
And then as we look to see how to slot him in the rotation, um, you know, some of it's going to be matchup based in terms of what opponents we have coming up mm -hmm. and how we think uh, certain guys may fare against those opponents. Uh, options and, and optionality also comes into play on these yep. types of things. Can someone shift to the bullpen? We'll, we'll have those types of discussions. Um, and obviously major league performance um, and who has given us the best chance to win every five days uh, has to come into the equation as well. So um, Craig and I have, have just begun talking about that and, and we'll continue to talk about it over the next week or so until uh, until we have to make a decision and at that point we'll be we'll be ready to do so. David you're a busy man we appreciate you taking the time for us and uh, good luck this is a busy week with a lot going on it's going to be an exciting time for the Brewers. Thanks a lot Lane I appreciate it. David Stern's with us on our second edition of the David Stern Show here on Brewers on Tap TV. Here's what's on tap with the Brewers. All right the big series this weekend against the Mets is going to be a lot of fun it's a Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday Four-game series, Thursday night, game gets started at 7-10. Friday, also at 7-10. It's also a free shirt Friday. Saturday is going to be pretty cool. That is Star Wars Day. The Force is going to awaken at Miller Park. The Brewers battle the dark side during the Star Wars Day. The ballpark is going to be transformed into a galaxy. Far, far away, you guessed it. With special in-game features. And uh, I'll tell you, this is going to be really cool. A Stormin' Gorman Stormtrooper bobblehead. I've seen it. If you haven't seen it, you should. It's going to be cool. You're going to want it. Very, very exciting stuff. Sunday, the 12th, it's Barking Bobble Hank, plus Kids Eat Free Sunday. So you can get a Barking Bobble Hank. It's Hank, the ballpark pup. And it includes audio voice ship of Hank Barking. And again, it's Kids Eat Free Sunday. All kids 14 and under get a hot dog, bottled water, apple slices, and ice cream treats. So, uh, you're not going to want to miss that. For tickets, call 414-902-4000 or visit Brewers.com today. And that is going to do it for this week's edition of Brewers on Tap, episode number 49. We thank you for stopping by. And we also thank Brewers General Manager David Stearns and Relief Pitcher Will Smith. Until next week, I'm Lane Grindle. Thanks for listening.